You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. It's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence Podcast. This is your pilot, John Lafferty, with Century 21 Town & Country. And your co-pilot, Tony Abate, with Ross Mortgage. And we are your real estate pilots. Our job is to be your real estate advocate and also make sure you're educated about the buying and selling process. We'll keep you informed throughout until we get you safely closed. In a real estate transaction, there are many reasons why you can encounter turbulence. Today, we are going to talk with local expert Tony Bucci on ways to avoid turbulence hitting your savings and investments. Tony is with Mission Point Planning and Retirement. Welcome to the jump seat, Tony. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm, uh, I just want to, I have one question. When am I going to get to fly? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> well, got to get your hours in. That's yeah, right. You got to uh, get, get your hours I'll in. I'll enjoy my yeah. peanuts and my, my, uh, my can of, my half can of uh, Diet Coke over here. <laughs> so do me a favor, Tony. Uh, tell everybody out there listening a little bit about Mission Point Financial and Retirement. Thank you so much. Uh, Mission Point Planning and Retirement, we're an independent financial advisory firm located in Detroit. I've been in business about 15 years. Uh, we specialize in really two aspects when it comes to financial planning. First off, it's true financial planning, working with somebody, uh, either, either millennial, Gen X, or even a baby boomer to prepare for the, be- prepare themselves to, to make the best financial decisions. And then, of course, on the opposite side of it is the investment planning, which is what most people think financial planners, that's all they do. Uh, but we work with people to help help them make smart financial decisions as they prepare for whatever goals they have, whether it's buying a second home, whether it's preparing for retirement and or putting a child through college. We really cover those two basic areas. Okay. So what is a financial advisor? And can anyone slap a financial advisor hat on and start advising people about where to invest their money? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh to kind of go to go way back in the way back machine, I guess sixty years ago, there really wasn't such a thing as a financial advisor. Uh, mainly, we were just stockbrokers. Uh, really, the need to financially plan uh, was really covered through either government benefits or your company benefits. Uh, and, you know, fast forward to even like twenty or thirty years ago, as we've seen the proliferation or deproliferation, I should say, of pensions, where and where now nowadays people have to save their way into their own financial security. We kind of call it a DIY, you know, using a housing term, a DIY retirement. You've seen the um, financial advisors really change their stripes into becoming more planners and still investment um, investment advisors, but more planners first. But because that's the case, and the you know the industry is really in its infancy, um, we've uh, we suffer a little bit from an identity crisis where. Really, anything money-related and anything advice-related can be confused as a financial advisor. So nowadays, you have insurance agents who call themselves financial (laughs) advisors. Um, You have financial celebrities. We know those (laughs) folks as well. And uh, ultimately, and then you have financial salespeople. And uh, um, my best advice for people trying to determine the difference is simply just ask one question, and that's, um, Mr. and Mr. Financial Advisor, are you a fiduciary? If they're a fiduciary, they are legally obligated to act in your best interest. If they're not a fiduciary, they may still in their heart hearts act in their best interest, but legally they're just they're a representative of the company that is selling you an investment product or an insurance product. Tony Bucci, are you a fiduciary? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm one of those. <laughs> one of those guys. We yep. staked our we've staked our practice on that. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. When uh, when somebody is starting to, well, starting the process of thinking about either saving for a home mm-hmm. or to start looking for a home, uh, at what point should they sit down with their financial advisor to figure out the best strategy going forward? Albeit, well, let's let's just say everybody, you know, first time home buyer, somebody looking to buy a second home, maybe up north, or somebody who's thinking maybe they want to diversify and and start looking at investment properties. When when do the, when should they sit down with their financial advisor? Of course, that's a, that's a great question, um, and I'll, I'll describe the ideal circumstances, and then there's reality. Um, sometimes our life thrusts things upon us, um, you know, a second child, a third child, that you don't have the exact <laughs> amount of time. They're laughing because personally, I'm in a similar situation. <laughs> and uh, um, But ideally, you want to do it at least a year or two out prior to the planning, um, in some cases even longer, especially if you're looking to put a – you know, you're starting from a, a point where you want to make a significant down payment. And if you don't have capital already, you're going to need some time to develop a saving and investing strategy to meet those goals. But certainly at least, certainly a year or two out, if possible, just to ensure that you are not going to weaken other parts of your financial plan in the, in the goal of providing a, a real estate or entering into a real estate transaction. Um, whether it's for a second home, a cottage, or even a or an investment property, you really don't you know we we don't like to see folks go um, drain down savings for down payments. We don't like to we generally don't like to see folks um, raid their four hundred one ks to do that. Of course, I know we may talk about that later, but all all in all, we like to certainly have enough time to prepare for this particular transaction or transition. Uh, really, to, in the in the in the hopes of avoiding turbulence, which is what you guys are are here about. Absolutely, yeah. and and so Tony, that that sort of brings you in too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tony B, when is a good time for Tony A to enter into the conversation with a buyer when we start looking at um, down payments, how large? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we start looking at debt to income ratio, when when is a good time to not only have a conversation with you, but also to start talking with Tony as the lender? I mean, I think actually right around the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the longer the longer we have to prepare, the better the outcome. Um, and credit scores, and Tony can talk all about this, but credit scores have a tremendous impact on the interest rate that you're going to get. And so if there's something on, I mean, we've all heard stories of people finding something out about their credit that they had no idea about. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't get, stuff doesn't get fixed overnight. Um, and there's other things too that you can, um, that in, in the past we've worked with lenders to outline a strategy that doesn't involve saving or investing, but paying down a, a certain debt in order to increase a credit score to qualify for a better interest rate. So financial planning is where we come in is just it's it's more than just saving and investing. It's about crafting a strategy of allocating your resources, um, whether it's paying down debt or saving, to essentially accomplish the goal that you want. In this case, we're talking about a real estate transaction. You know, that makes me think uh, uh, a lot of folks that are ending into the home buying phase of their life uh, kind of have the mindset of they need to be at that point before they're, for lack of a better term, 
worthy to speak to a financial advisor. And and that's a shame, you know, yeah. when when the, when you look at the home purchase, it takes such a big chunk of capital, uh, you know, and that's a relative term, but it takes a lot of upfront money to make it happen, and then it turns into your largest monthly expense. And to enter into that and then speak to the financial planner, like missed opportunity because so many of the things could be calibrated going into that purchase uh, so that so that you're not you're not kind of you know putting the cart before the horse. And uh, my goodness, Tony, I, I, I wish as much as I want people to come to me as soon as possible from the mortgage standpoint, I do really wish they'd come to you uh, at least a little bit earlier, if not at the same time, so that it can all, uh, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. We've talked about that, mm-hmm. you know, when people, the, the home buying purchase is so exciting and it's such a such a pivotal thing in people's lives. Uh, you know, you'd probably agree if people put blinders on and that becomes the only thing that they're thinking about when they really should be thinking about how does it impact my retirement? How does it impact my emergency savings? How does it impact other goals financially that I might have going in my life? Because if they buy that house, especially if they're pushing to the limit, it, it might be very, very hard to accomplish those other goals. Of course. Yeah. You, you know, something also to add, and this is maybe a, a shot at my own profession. We tend as financial advisors tend to, um, we tend to always talk to our clients about the long term, the long term, the long term. And so sometimes clients, feel that where they're going to get a talking or dressing down if they want to <laughs> buy a particular house. And so sometimes we find out after the fact, I hate to say that it happens. And yeah. so um, the re- the reality is, is that it, as an industry, we have to do a better job of, of balancing both sides of the equation when it comes to money. The, the, the well, the, well, the YOLO generation. You know, you only live once. You want to enjoy your life now, but you also want to prepare for the future. And so, having a, a and it doesn't have to be mission point planning and retirement. It could be any really comfortable or any great financial advisor you're comfortable with. They should be able to help you um, make decisions to balance between the two, so that you feel comfortable and don't ask. Um, don't ask instead of uh, don't ask for forgiveness. I guess you know two years down the road, and say what do I do now, yeah. so to speak. I guess. Yeah. But I mean that's a little bit of, that's that's a, the evolving nature of financial planners, and that we're more collaborative and we work. You know, the idea is to work with realtors and with mortgage lenders like yourself to mm-hmm. to to really, you know, to really uh, bring the client to the point they want to be when it comes to this something like this. I think, you know what, I think a lot of folks uh, think it's not worthy to make that call to the financial planner until I have whatever, 100,000, 200,000, 500,000. And so they just don't call. Yeah. And the reality is, is that if you call sooner than later, the financial planner and financial advisor can get you there sooner than if you just try to wing it and then go back to see the financial planner. Yeah. And, and I just read somewhere, uh, I can't remember where I read it, but there's still 40% of people out there who believe that you need 20% down yeah. to buy a home yeah. still. They mm-hmm. don't realize that you can buy a home with less money down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and and you know that between talking to Tony on the financial side or me on the mortgage side, it's those it's those preconceived notions that uh, that kind of conspire against people mm-hmm. to hitting their goals. And so, pick up the phone. You know, let's have that conversation and uh, make sure that we can start heading down the right path sooner than later instead of trying to solve problems after the fact. No, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up preconceived notions because um, I, I know in my world, there there we're we're not only filled with the notions that our parents bestowed upon us, both positive and negative about money, but we're also bestowed or we also receive information through news media, financial celebrities. Um, and one of the things in, in preparation for today, I, I, I postured to you guys was two of the biggest financial celebrities out there um, have completely different opinions on what kind of mortgage you should get. Yeah. 
uh, Dave Ramsey, um, who is uh, I think most of your listeners will be very familiar with Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. He he he's a no debt guy. He wants you to get the um, he wants you to put the biggest down payment. He wants a fifteen year mortgage. Rick Edelman, on the other hand, one of the most successful financial advisors and talk show uh, personalities out there, has the polar opposite opinion. He wants you to have a he wants you to keep a thirty year mortgage and keep it as long as you can. And so, who do you listen to? Who's right? <laughs> you know what? And balance that between what your what your parents told you or what your grandparents told you. It, it can get confusing. Yeah, neither one of them is inherently wrong. Yeah, of you know, course, just different strategies, right? That's yeah. a- absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this popped in my head, Tony, but out of curiosity, is there an age limit that a lender will give a 30-year mortgage to somebody? Uh, that, that's uh, John, that's a great question. It comes up a lot, and the answer is no. Didn't think uh, so. Sometimes people will say, hey, I'm 80. You can't give me a 30-year mortgage, and the answer is yes, we can. Number one, under the law, we can't discriminate based on age. That's a, that's a protected uh, category for that. And number two, like any real estate piece of the transaction, that document is very happy to acknowledge its heirs, successors, and assigns. And mm-hmm. so upon someone's demise, the debt is still there. Uh, the estate is responsible. And so we don't we don't draw a, a uh, alliance that says, no, you're too old, you can't get it. We have meaningful conversation as to whether it's the right choice, but um, it's not an underwriting criteria. It can't be. Didn't mm-hmm. think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, certainly, I mean, we we're talking, I mean, we're you know, reverse mortgages. Essentially, you're yeah. you're you're talking about taking money back out of your home, and just the end result is you're going at some point. Someone we all pass away at some point, mm-hmm. and that individual with a reverse mortgage or with a thirty year mortgage later in life, they're gonna they're gonna pass away and, and pass on debt right to their mm-hmm. heirs. I mean, they'll pass on hopefully the higher value in the real estate. Yeah, those reverse mortgages are a. Yeah. I don't like them. <laughs> All right, John. That's another show. I, guess, my right? yeah. I don't like them. That's an, that is another show to talk they, about. They've been abused over the years. Yes, yeah, maybe have. that will be a good show topic one day. Uh, come across a yeah. lot of them mm-hmm. where it's not yeah. good. Uh, Tony, wh- when is a – Tony B, mm-hmm. when is a good time to sit down with a financial planner age-wise? What if I'm 45, never talked to a financial advisor before? Is it too late for me to start setting up for retirement or is it – Anytime a good time. So we'll always say anytime is a great time, um, partly because we know that there are so – I mean 45. Heck, there are 65-year-olds. There's, there's a study – there's a stat that CNBC showed the other day that said 40% of 65-year-olds are going to retire broke. I don't know how you can actually quote-unquote retire and not have money. <laughs> um, I, I think that was because they were using a statistic that said they had less than $10,000. But certainly, I mean, if you're in your mid-40s and you're just starting out, absolutely. Um, the sooner the better, of course, since financial advising is certainly just more than um, than investing. But, you know, if you haven't – you know, I, I think if you haven't sat down or at least interviewed a few financial advisors, I think you're really doing yourself a disservice. Of course, I'm not a disinterested third party. Um, but, you know, especially in the age of the internet and the, the free flow of information, you can literally get – quality advice through the internet. I mean, we have great experts. I mean, we put out information all the time. But what a financial planner is really going to do is be able to provide judgment based on your unique circumstances and be able to work with you. I also, I mean, I come from a coaching background. I've coached high school athletics for 16 years. And we, I use a lot of analogies that what might be right for one person is not right for another. Just like you can look at a sports team, you know, look at the lines, for example, how many coaches have we had come in here? And and uh, bestow their system 
and not have the players to do it. So yeah. your system has to, you know. So I, I have to watch myself from dovetailing into the sports too much. But <laughs> the point is, uh, it, whether you have money or not, it's good. It, you know, it's a good thing to, to at least interview other financial advisors, talk with them, and they can get you a good relationship with a financial advisor, just like a good relationship with a realtor and a good relationship with a mortgage lender will will provide perspective and judgment on what's best for you um, above and beyond what you can just read on the internet. Um, hopefully, did I answer your question? Hopefully I got that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, the favorite thing that I just heard you say, Tony, is based on your unique circumstances, um, I'll get questions uh, that are phrased like, well, what's the best mortgage? And I'm sure you get the same questions. What's the best investment? And if there's 10 people in the room, 10 different answers, isn't it? It really has to be evaluated for that one individual and, and what's going on in their in their financial world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We always joke that like that is, once you become a financial advisor, you become a target at weddings. You sit at a table. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I have 10000 What would you do with it? Yeah. And uh, usually it's you know based on, well, how close you are to the individual that <laughs> determines the quality of your advice. Yeah. But yes, it is completely customized. And just like you know, your, your, just like your real estate division is custom, or decision is customized. Um, I mean, you probably deal with that, John, more than anybody. Um, one person's beauty is another person's, ugh, you know, yeah, yeah. and, uh, 100%. absolutely. Yeah. Um, same kind of thing. What's the best neighborhood? What's the best community? And goodness, it's not the same answer for everybody. So. Yeah, absolutely. It, it all varies. I mean, heck, if I got my, if I had my choice, I'd get a nice old tutor that doesn't mm-hmm. really jive with an open concept kitchen that my wife really likes. So. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, you know, you were talking. We were talking about just different fits as well, too. And I, I, I had a question for you know Tony is when you know one of the things that we 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 usually get involved with is providing some ancillary advice on the type of mortgage somebody receives, whether uh-huh. it's a fifteen year or a thirty year. And um, I, I hear, you know, they're going back to Rick Edelman, the Dave Ramsey. What do you, what do you, you know, two different polar opposites, two different financial titans, experts in their own right. You know, what do you, what kind of, um, you know, what, what type of process do you find works for clients and in, in arriving at the decision is best for them? We'll go back to uh, what we just talked about and, and what's right for the unique individual. Um, I always like to show folks more than one option. Uh, and, and that analysis of what does a 30 year loan look like versus what a 15 year loan look like is, is, uh, it, it's quite the eye opener when you look at the interest saved on that shorter term loan. Uh, you know, the, the, the immediate conclusion is, well, who wouldn't choose that? And the answer is, well, it, it might be the right choice. Mathematically, it looks good. But, uh, you know, part of that analysis is, okay, if you're choosing between a 30 and a 15 year loan and you know the 30 year loan is going to save you some money, what are you going to do with that savings between those between those two payments? If you're going to do something meaningful, uh, then then great. But you know, we, we've talked about it before. You don't make these decisions in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, mathematically, that 15 year loan is is a wonderful choice from an efficiency standpoint. However, if you're not contributing to retirement, or if you don't have your uh, your emergency savings uh, as as robust as it should be, then the 15 year loan is not the right choice. You know, you're 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 paying down that mortgage aggressively, but you have no uh, you have no emergency access to the equity that's being built up as you pay that mortgage down. So I'd rather see somebody go with that 30-year loan and then beef up those other areas of their financial world that are deficient 
uh, instead of having that uh, that that more efficient 15-year loan. Because here's what happens. So they get that 15-year loan. They build up equity very, very quickly. But because that higher payment, they can't build their savings. Mm-hmm. So now there's a life event. Maybe it's a child going to college. Maybe it's a, a business opportunity, whatever the case may be. Unexpected repairs. Unexpected yeah. repairs. Goodness, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so what ends up happening, they turn back to that equity in that home. They pull it right back out. And the problem is, at what cost? What's the rate going to be? You know, six, seven, eight, nine years down the road when they when they tap up that equity. So uh, we got to look at the whole thing. And again, it's it's looking at it without being in a vacuum. It's you know what's going on in your life and and so on. Yeah, I, you know, I'm really glad you said that because one of everybody has their preconceived notions about each other's professions, and one <laughs> of the things that we that we always preach, and I'm glad I hear it, is don't make these decisions in a vacuum. Don't mm-hmm. on paper. Um, a 15 year absolutely looks amazing, especially when you look at all the interest that you're going to save. Goodness, yeah. But the reality is, is that that extra, that interest that you save comes at a price and that's a higher payment. Mm-hmm. It, that might be fine. But, at, but how do you decide whether that higher payment is worth it? You have to make the decision based on, does it weaken other aspects of my plan? You hit one, yeah. you hit a nail on the head there. Is my emergency fund not going to be as robust as it used to be? Yeah. And we, one of the things that, Probably the thing that we're most concerned about um, as a financial with our clients, especially in our working years, is the possible negatives that could happen in someone's life. You know, maybe sometimes financial yeah. advisors were like the worried mother. Uh, I love you, mom. By the way, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, the the point is, we're we always want to know what's going to derail someone's plan, mm-hmm. and typically, a, a prolonged job loss is actually what's going to happen. It's going to have the biggest impact. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, a little about ten years ago that. A lot of folks went through a prolonged job loss. Um, I do a lot of work with federal employees. We all know what happened in the last couple of months. You know, we're with the uh, government shutdown, and um, pretty much what half of the people in this uh, tri-county area gets a GM discount. We may know somebody that's yeah. been laid off at General Motors, and so I, I, I'm glad you bring that up because a lot of folks won't do that. They won't take the second to. Um, and I'm not saying a 30 year or 15 year is better, mm-hmm, right. but it's worth having the conversation to ensure that other aspects of your plan, including your retirement, or if it's saving for a kid's college, aren't weakened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that emergency fund so darn critical. You know, one of one of the one of the safety valves that that I think so many people that you know, we've all gone through is that if I run into financial dire straits, I could always sell my house. And for for a long, long, long history that was appropriate. When did it not work? It didn't work during the recession. Yeah. You know, people experienced those job losses. They couldn't sell their house because the, the, the values went down. They were underwater, had no equity. And so it goes back to the all important emergency fund. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really sad during that period of time. We saw people having to uh, liquidate parts of their 401k mm-hmm. to pay off their mortgage. And at that particular time, I mean, I don't think anybody was uh, anybody forgets the fact that the stock market wasn't doing swell yeah. back then. So they're pulling out of a depreciating asset to pay off a depreciating asset, and if that job loss wow. went on long enough, um, they may have lost both. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that's that's one of the things that if there's anything that we talk to clients from from a financing perspective, because we're not experts. You know, where that's where that's where you come in, Tony. But we are um we can help them see what the big picture looks like. And yeah. you know, ideally, yeah, we want everybody to get their house paid off, certainly before retirement. Right. But up until that period of time, it's about balancing the the good things in life. What could happen with, hey, what are the possible negatives, whether it's a, a job loss or it's just a 
you know, a, a, a leaky, a leaky roof. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, we're getting the high sign that we're running out of time. Okay. Uh, right. Would you, uh, would you mind coming back for, uh, for another session? Yeah, another podcast? Absolutely. As long as you don't mind, uh, as long as you guys don't mind, I love to, I, we have a passion for helping people make good financial decisions. And we also have a passion for working with really great people. And we are able to combine that here today. So thanks again, guys, for coming. Or thanks, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having me for coming. Thanks for, thanks for having okay. me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. We, yeah. we, no, we, so, that's, that's the other thing. Financial advisors really think highly of themselves. So, <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show is, uh, you, you're in an industry similar to ours. And uh, and we could both tell that you take great pride in how you work with your customers and take care of them and talk to them and uh, lots of similarities between our three industries. So that's one of the reasons why we were happy to get you on. And we look forward to having you back uh, next time. Uh, we'd like to thank you, Tony Thanks. Bucci, for coming by with Mission Point Planning and Retirement and for providing us with some really, really great information on how, how to avoid uh, financial turbulence. Thank you. Um, how do people get in touch with you, Tony, at Mission Point Planning and Retirement, if they'd uh, like to come in and talk to you about their finances? Absolutely. Um, thank you again. Uh, telephone number is 248-504-6015. Another great resource to check us out is our website, missionpointplan.com. Um, we, we spend a, a lot of time um, writing our original thoughts, our ideas, our opinions. So you get a, you can get a good feel for uh, kind of what we believe in. Uh, before you even walk in the door. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence. If you'd be so kind to subscribe, review, and rate, we would appreciate it. Please share with your friends, family, and coworkers that they can find us on Apple Store, Google Play, and SoundCloud.